Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. You know, Genesis 12.3 makes a great foreign policy. And it makes a great biblical policy for any person or any church, and especially for any nation. I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. And so I just thank God that uh, uh, we're standing strong in support of Israel uh, I received, uh, I, I called Shmulek and we talked and he sent back, uh, here's just a little excerpt, your friendship and support at this hour gives us strength. For those of you that don't know, obviously uh, we're talking about the, the war that's been uh, uh, launched by the terrorist organization Hamas backed by Iran. A thousand terrorists invaded in a sneak attack. Uh, all of these innocent people in the villages and towns that surround uh, southern Israel, the Gaza Strip, uh, 5,000 rockets launched uh, in 24 hours uh, to overwhelm Israel's Iron Dome, and just uh, horrific things, murders by the hundreds, uh, 600 or more, 2,000 or so injured, 600 or more killed. It's Israel's 9-11. It's a, 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 almost like a replay happening on the Simcha Torah, like the Yom Kippur War of 73. And so God uh, uh, wants us to stand with Israel according to Genesis 12-3 and many other scriptures. And so uh, all of us here, Christians uh, at New Beginnings, uh, uh, partners of Larry Huck Ministries around the world, many Christians condemn uh, these horrific acts of war, uh, and uh, we can't say it strong enough. Uh, uh, I want to read to you in just a uh, well, let me read right now. There's, there's a strong word that God gives in Psalm 83. Uh, you can turn over to Psalm 83. And uh, it, it's a unique psalm in that it's like one of the few places in the Bible where uh, the Lord has the prophet prophesying against enemies in the surrounding neighborhoods of Israel. Many of the prophecies concerning the Antichrist, Russia, talking about Europe and the countries of the north, that's one area. But uh, the Arab countries that have formed a cabal uh, to come against Israel right in the Middle East is what Psalm 83 uh, is referring to. And uh, it says, God, don't keep quiet. It's a prayer. It's a prophecy. God, don't keep quiet. Don't close your ears. Please say something, God. 
your enemies are getting ready to do something, and indeed they have done something, those who hate you will soon attack. They are making secret plans against your people. Your enemies are discussing plans against the people you love. They say, come, let us destroy them completely. Then no one will ever again remember the name of Israel. This is Psalm 183. Uh, This is the prophet prophesying. Uh, And he's now in verse 5, he's getting ready to name names. And he says, God, they are have all joined together and have united against you. So it's not just coming against Israel, it's coming against God. And that's the same in Christianity. When people come against your biblical values, when they come against uh, one nation under God, they're coming against, yeah, you, but also, and uh, this is the devil behind it all, coming against God. Uh, And in verse 6 and 7, here is the naming of names. Their army includes the Edomites, the Ishmaelites, the Moabites, and Hagar's descendants. So this is where you get this differentiation between uh, what we read about the ten countries forming at the time of the Antichrist and uh, commonly thought to be the ten European nations. We hear about Gog and Magog and Russia coming down. God puts a hook in their jaw. And that's all true and prophetic and uh, is going to happen as well. But Psalm 83 is focusing differently on the Ishmaelites. Abraham had two sons, one of the covenant, Isaac, and the other one was Hagar's son. And Hagar's son, Ishmael, went on to form the Arab nations, and out of that came Islam. And so God is calling out Hagar's descendants... And he goes on, Ammon, Amalek, the Philistines, the people of Tyre, even the Assyrians have joined them. They have made Lot's descendants very powerful. Lot, of course, abandoned Abraham. Just like Esau abandoned Abraham. And just like Ishmael and Hagar uh, were sent away because of their disdain for the covenant. Their disdain for Isaac and uh, Sarah. And so uh, the prophecy goes on. I can't take forever on this. Uh, I've got to end today a little bit sooner than normal. But uh, the prophet then begins to pray, God defeat them just as you defeated Midian. Do what you did to Caesarea and Jabin at the Kishon River. You destroyed the enemy at Endor and their bodies rotted on the ground. Punish their leaders as you did Oreb and Zeb. Do what you did to Zabah and uh, uh, Zamuna. They said, let's make this land our own. But these fields of grass belong to God. Make them like weeds blown by the wind. Scatter them the way the wind scatters the straw. Be like a fire that destroys a forest or a flame that sets the hills on fire. And it goes on and on and on. God is a God of love. 
God is a God of peace. He desires that none should perish, but all come to a knowledge of the truth. And the truth of the matter is, is that God gave the land of Israel to Abraham and all of his descendants forever. And all the... Uh, the fighting, all the terror, all the war that is being fought, all the occupations that have taken place throughout the millenniums is because the enemies of God want to claim that land for themselves so that the name of Israel and the name of God will be blotted out of existence. And that's why we have Genesis twelve three as our church policy. And America needs Genesis 12.3 as our foreign policy. We will stand with Israel. We will bless Israel. We will support the chosen people of God. We will pray for their protection. Pray for their safety. Pray that God will confirm His Word with signs and wonders and miracles and a great, great, overwhelming and decisive victory. And that's our prayer today. Father, we intercede for our Jewish brothers and sisters. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for safety and peace and protection over all of the citizens of Israel. And Father, we pray that over all of the civilian and military leaders, from Prime Minister Netanyahu to every general, there is going to be a flow of God's wisdom, a flow of God's direction, a flow of God's divine purpose, a prophetic anointing. An anointing of vision, of strategy, of wisdom and insight as they decide how to move forward. Protect our friends. Protect the soldiers. Protect the people there, God. And bring a decisive and overwhelming victory, we pray, in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the Lord of Seboeth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. We give you thanks and praise. Amen and amen well if you support Israel and love the Jewish people and love Bible prophecy and love what God says in his word give him a big hand clap of praise hallelujah hallelujah so thank you guys for all of your love all of your prayers all of your support I've heard from all of our charitable partners, and they are in need of our support. Uh, And so uh, they covet your prayers, and uh, any little extra you can include in the offering today, I'm sure Pastor will announce this, is going to go to Israel. We're in the midst of a uh, buying a new military ambulance. We're in the midst of... uh, providing new bomb shelters. Uh, A lot of the rockets are landing right where we have decided to place these mobile bomb shelters and renovate the senior citizen facilities that have bomb shelters. Who would think about bomb shelters? I mean, maybe back in the 50s in the Cold War, people were building bomb shelters in America. But by and large, unless you live on the border, you're probably not thinking about an invasion. Uh, and uh, Israel just got invaded. 
and they're fighting back and winning, but it has come at just an awful cost, and it's really their 9-11. So our thoughts and prayers are with you, our Jewish brothers and sisters. We stand with you, and uh, 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 we just uh, continue to pray. Amen? Amen. So it's kind of hard to shift gears, uh, uh, but since Pastor Larry is going to take the entire service uh, and talk about uh, many of these things today, I felt that uh, I would turn our attention toward the biblical calendar and uh, what we've just come out of, the seventh and final Feast of the Lord, Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, that just ended yesterday, uh, the eighth-day Simkator is when the attacks took place. Uh, and as we've been learning, thank God we're learning this, is that God has special times uh, that He's talk, uh, talked about in the Bible, appointed times. Uh, who would have ever thought that there was such a thing as a biblical calendar? Uh, I never heard of a biblical calendar growing up in Christianity. I, I, I graduated valedictorian of our Bible college. There was never one mention of a biblical calendar. And yet uh, there was, there is. And uh, it's filled with what are called the feasts of the Lord. Uh, you can read a lot, a lot about that in Leviticus 23. Uh, but with every feast, there come some special promises. And uh, I just felt that uh, since Pastor would take so much time talking about Israel and uh, the attack and what's going on there, that I would turn our attention uh, to the promises that are passing by right now. Because God wants you to be in a position of blessing. He wants every sin forgiven. He wants every curse broken. And He wants every covenant promise manifesting in our lives. But it needs to be on our radar. Otherwise we can miss what God is doing. And so, uh, what one of the keys to entering into all that God has planned is wisdom. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Uh, we need to be in God's master's degree program. Amen. He's the master and he has a degree. Study to show yourself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's a whole lot of truth in the Bible. Now, it's not everyone's cup of tea, as we find out. Not everyone likes biblical study and biblical value, values. Even in the church, people push back against Bible values because of traditions. But God is changing a lot of that, and I know He's changing that in you and I. And so... Uh, one thing is to gain knowledge. Wisdom is the principal thing. And with all you're getting, get knowledge and understanding. Another key is the sacrificial offering. Uh, and with each biblical holiday, there's a sacrificial offering connected. And uh, 
in the three main feasts of the Lord, Passover, Shavuot, which is Pentecost for the Christian, and Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, these are major pilgrimage holidays. And these are the holidays where the Lord said, don't come before me except with a special sacrificial offering, a free will offering. Amen. It's not only based on what God has done, it's based on what you want God to do. A harvest is always something for the future. And, uh, and so, uh, in Hebrew, the word offering is korban. And that word in Hebrew means to draw near. And so the offering is meant to bring us closer to the Lord. Amen. This is why Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And for most of us, our treasure includes our money. (laughs) So where your money is, there is where your heart is. And so don't have all your money in Amazon. Don't have all your money in Charles Schwab. Don't have all your money stored away in a bank. Have some of your money planted in the kingdom of God where charitable works are being done. Amen? Store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. This is what that's all referring to. Now, uh, the first fruit, which many of us gave last week, uh, has a deeper meaning just like sacrificial offering. Ancient wisdom teaches that uh, it's the first fruit offering is the offering with no limits. So just like your tithe, just like your stedka offering, your first fruit offering three times a year is a key part of God's financial plan for you, for any Christian. Amen? In Hebrew, it's called the Bikarim offering. Say that word, Bikarim. The Bikarim offering, the first fruit offering, literally means uh, an offering with a promise of things to come. Amen? So this is a lot of times when the offering plate comes by and we just throw in $20 and just absent-mindedly and we're not really releasing our faith. We're not really putting a demand on the promise of God. Uh, we're making a mistake. When last week we walked through the hoopah, the, uh, the big altar, we put our, you know, Put that, and if you didn't do it, go back and do it to this week. Father, for last week, for this week, as I sow this offering, I'm sowing it in faith. I'm sowing it for the promises that you've given me that when I sow, I will reap. Amen? Amen. A promise of things to come. Bikurim. So, uh, this is one of the main biblical principles for living an abundant life. A lot of times people get confused between eternal life and abundant life. Eternal life is in the sweet by and by. We're actually in eternity now, uh, and we could go into a big sermon on how that pencils out and why training up your children in the ways of the Lord is so important and why uh, fighting against uh, uh, abortion and fighting for the innocent unborn child is because uh, a beating heart, whether you're five months old or five years old, is already born into eternity. 
But then there's abundant life. Down on the ground while we're still around. And this is where we don't understand often what faith means and how faith is a muscle. Faith is a force. And God wants us to use our faith not only to make heaven our home, not only to receive eternal life, but He wants us to use our faith to appropriate the blessings and promises that He's given, thousands of them. And so... Uh, abundant life has to do with giving and receiving. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing with the same measure, with the same amount of seed that you sow, it will be sown back to you again, Jesus taught. And so, being a blessing always precedes receiving a blessing. Being a blessing always comes before receiving a blessing. So a lot of times when people say, I never get blessed, they're telling on themselves. Right? Well, there's reasons why we're not being blessed. Uh, It can't just be boiled down to one reason. There might be 101 reasons. But you have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit given to you and leaders given. So to help you sort out, where am I missing it? God's not missing it. (laughs) Right? Somewhere along the road, we took a a, a left where we should have taken a right. (laughs) And... The Lord will show us those things so we can self-correct the course. A lot of times people don't, don't tell me about those things. I like it just the way, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be the last to know. <laughs> right? What a bummer if, if there's a pot of gold, if there's a blessing down this road, but I went down that road the way that seemed right to me didn't end up where I wanted to be. Why didn't you tell me? Well, may God give us ears to hear and eyes to see what the Bible says, what the principles are, and how to apply them correctly. Now, during Sukkot, uh, and just as we close today, I've got to end up uh, quickly here and meet with Pastor in about 10 minutes, uh, but I wanted to touch base with you and get this on your radar about seven major spiritual and financial promises that God embeds in Sukkot. Okay, so there's this window of blessing passing by. Uh, It's on the calendar, but it doesn't stay. You're going to turn the page pretty quick to a new month, and that time and season will be gone until next year. So right now, uh, we're still in this appointed time. We're still, we still have opportunities uh, to connect to the blessings for this unique season. And many of the Sukkot blessings, uh, for those of you avid Bible readers, read Joel 2. Do we have any avid Bible readers? Oh, I see that, and that, and that, and that, and that. Thank you. Uh, and obviously, there's an unlimited number of ways that God can cause His blessing to overtake you. But at these appointed times, there's unique things, distinctive things. The number one thing that I wrote down is overflowing rain. 
Sukkot is a rain holiday. In Israel, rain is needed. Uh, it's a dry and dusty place and without a lot of water. So without rain, the crops don't grow. So rain is symbolic of harvest. Rain is symbolic of abundance. Rain is symbolic of turning uh, some, nothing into something. Amen. And Joel 2.23 says, Be glad, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For He has given you the former rain faithfully and will cause the rain to come down from uh, uh, on you from above. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And that first month is this month, right? Tishri. So God promises rain. It represents an abundant life. And so it's a good time to be able to put a demand on that promise. Father, thank you. That in my life, in my family's life, in my church's life, in America's life, in Israel's life, and around the world, there is rain coming down. Spiritual rain. There is financial rain. Every seed that I've sown, every tithe that I've given, every good work that I've done, Father, may it come back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. Amen. Number two, overflowing restoration. The devil steals things. He's not only a liar, he's a thief. And his main job is to make you miserable by stealing and lying. He can deceive you in believing lies, things that aren't true. You think they are true. No, they're not true. Holy Ghost, help me sort through fact and fiction, truth and lies. But he also steals. He may have stolen something out of your life through a a financial thing was stolen. Property was stolen. An insurance settlement was stolen. Your health was stolen. Uh, Even going back to your mom and dad or your grandma and grandpa. uh, Things got stolen. Things that were rightfully theirs uh, were taken from them by force, and the devil was behind that. Stop blaming the government and get to the source. Right? Donald Trump or Joe Biden won't solve it for you. The Lord God Almighty will solve it for you. But get your eyes off of Washington, D.C. for a change. And get your mind on the word of the living God who says, I will restore what the devil has stolen. Put a demand on that promise. Joel 2.25, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. And so God is saying that during this time, I want to restore some things. It would be nice to have partners. God's looking for a co-pilot. 
(laughs) who will open his mouth, who will open her mouth and place demands on the promises of God. Father God, today I thank you for overflowing restoration. What I should have had, what my mom and dad should have had, what my grandma and grandpa, my great grandma and grandpa should have had. Things that were stolen by the government, stolen by business, stolen by people. I call those things back into my life in the name and by the blood of Jesus. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Thank you for an outpouring of blessing. It's called divine restitution. Divine redemption. A divine refreshing. Number three, overflowing joy. The joy of the Lord. Deuteronomy 16, 15, seven days you shall keep the sacred feast to the Lord your God in the place which the Lord chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hand, so that you surely will rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. There's a blessing coming upon you that will make you rich and with no sorrow added to it, the Bible says. Put a demand on that promise. Deuteronomy 16, 15. Overflowing financial blessing. Your first fruit offerings are uh, perhaps the most important offerings of the year. It's how you activate the miracle promise in Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty. Your barns. Now you probably don't have a big red barn out back, but you, you got one down at the bank. Right? Your paycheck, your investments, your savings, things that you've acquired through the years, treasured possessions. And God is saying, I will, when you sow, you're going to reap, so your barns will be filled with plenty. Amen. Don't think of a little shed. Think of one of them giant Nebraska barns. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Lord, that my life is filled with physical blessing, blessings of healing, blessings of finances, of increase, of debt cancellation. I give you thanks and praise for it at this time. Number five, spiritual blessing. Amen. In addition to financial blessing, God promises in Proverbs 3, in verse 10, spiritual blessing. Honor the Lord with your first fruits, and your vats will overflow with new wine. There is an overflowing anointing coming upon your life so that you can walk in victory. You can walk by faith and not by sight. So you can walk, even there may be storms out there, but Jesus will come into your life and say, Peace! Be still. Peace in the midst of the storm. Wisdom, anointing, power. Favor in your life. Amen. Sukkot blessings. The open windows of heaven. Another promise of Sukkot. They're called in Malachi 3, the offerings of old. 
God promises that the first fruit offering opens the windows of heaven. He says, I will pour out upon you a blessing of abundance so much that there won't be room enough for you to hold it all. Amen. Come on. He's Jehovah Jireh. Is he not? He is El Shaddai. Is he not? He's the Lord of the harvest. Is he not? Uh, And he will manifest as you partner with him in his financial plan. uh, He'll manifest overflowing blessing in your life. But then Malachi 3 says that's not enough. That's not enough. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Amen. It's one thing to receive the blessing. It's another thing to keep the devil off it. Keep your hands off my blessing in the name of Jesus. A lot of times, that's got to be like our language, right? Right. We're not just here to chit-chat. There's times when we got to say some things biblically and prophetically that enforce the Word of God and enforce your authority as a believer. Rebuking the devourer. See, the devil's going around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, but not in my house. I apply the power of the blood, the power of the Word. And thank you, Lord, you get involved and you stand before my life, before my finances, before my children, before my family, and you rebuke the devourer for me. And I come into agreement with that. Do you? Amen. This is why uh, ancient wisdom calls Sukkot the season of our joy. The season of our happiness. Because these promises and others begin to be fulfilled, especially when you respond and you enter in. Amen? How many of you are responding and entering in to the revelation? Come on. Let's stand in agreement. Let's stand in faith. Let's believe Jehovah Jireh. Let's believe El Shaddai. And let's move into this week. Let's move into this month. Let's move into this new year confident. Walking by faith, trusting in the Lord with all of our heart, believing for the very best, because truly indeed, our best is yet to come. Amen today. If you believe and receive that today, give the Lord a big praise. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, uh, we're going to close. I need to meet with Pastor a little bit early today. That's why we stopped at Tom Thumb and got some treats for you. There's coffee and treats. Enjoy some fellowship. Meet someone new. God love you. God bless you. And we stand with Israel. Amen. Amen. Amen.